You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Your host, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. We are going to get into some things here today. Got a special guest, and we'll get to that here in a second. But your Tuesday episode of Locked On Browns, this football season will be different. And Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how much you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment refreshment you need to power through the game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It is made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Your Tuesday edition of Lockdown Browns. And obviously with this season, there's going to be difficulties. And our good friends, as everybody you know, knows, one of the top football podcasts in the NFL, around the NFL, everybody's still locked at home. But this gives an opportunity where maybe we can get a little bit more access to my guy, Mark Sessler. Maybe it won't be every week, but this is a perfect spot to get Mark in here this week. We can talk about week one, I guess. And we can talk about Thursday night against the Bengals. And then we can get to some general thoughts here of week one around the league. Obviously, Mark had the opportunity to see plenty of ball between yesterday and last night from the comfort of his home. Mr. Mark Sessler. Mark, how you doing, buddy? Well, the home didn't feel too comfortable uh, yesterday around this time. Coming off, I thought a Browns game that really just reminded me of uh, many of the issues and troubles from a year ago. But I think I mentioned this when I was on your show last time that I, I really was pretty committed. This is just the Browns fan in me in not freaking out that um, some of the better seasons finish well um, when they don't start well. And this would be a candidate for a team as best as I can remember. I mean, there've been a lot of them with the Browns where I'm really not ready to judge after week one yet. Um, there are teams and coaches that were in similar situations that showed a lot more yesterday in a, coming off a weird offseason. So concerned, but um, trying to keep the finger off the panic button. Uh, yeah, get, just getting into it yesterday and, and one last time. I mean, in, it, obviously, I've gone through this with you guys on social media. I'm not defending anyone. And it's funny that after all these years of me being critical of this franchise, that yesterday and even into this morning, I'm getting the, oh, well, you're just backing so-and-so. Look, my only thing about yesterday was it was collectively bad. It was collectively bad. Yes, there were some bright spots. And sadly enough, David Ajoku was one of them, who's now out for a minimum of three weeks with a sprain of his MCL after I'd spent all summer telling you people and all spring about how he's going to be part of this franchise because there's things he can do that not normal tight ends cannot do. So, you know, obviously a good day for him, but sadly he's now, and I'm sure you guys will run with the injury label because that's what you all love to do. Austin Seibert, you guys wanted some blood. You got some blood. Austin Seibert has been released. Cody Parkey will be the kicker Thursday night against the game, uh, against a home against Cincinnati in the home opener. But Mark, I think, and, you know, we've had these discussions and, you know, we talk a lot and I know you had some deep rooted concern. And it was based on the fact that any new regime was really, really in a tough, you know, tough scenario. And there was there was a possibility yesterday. And then there was the drive where you got the touchdown, similar to where some, fl- you know, some flames of hope came week one against Tennessee. Then you get to the Odell drop on third and two, which put you in the position to have Seibert miss the field goal. But, you know, if it was special teams and defense for the most part, credit to Larry Ogunjobi, he looked quick. He looked strong. 
uh, you know, and on offense, you know, I think the running of the ball and yes, guys, but keep in mind, 49 of those yards came on one drive. So yes, they did run the ball. Well, Wyatt Teller, another player I told you about was going to be good, was good. But for the most part, Mark, it looked like a team that only basically tried to put it all together in three weeks. And some of the good and what we saw in camp, there were moments where Odell was unstoppable. Austin Hooper was a huge player that the defense could not deal with in camp. Then you get to week one and you don't see much of this. And it's almost 10 minutes in before they even try throwing the ball to Landry or Beckham. And it's just, I think I agree. Everybody is upset and I understand. And it's probably mostly because the final score, if the final score was 38 to 20, I think maybe we'd all feel a little bit more comfortable about things. Yeah. I think, you know, that score specifically probably would have included two more promising drives to, to cling to. I mean, I guess you have to start throwing out the camp stuff because for me, I I think one of the issues with this team uh, is who can they stop and what in the secondary has been banged up for a while. And um, you know, losing Grant Delpit, I think was, I I don't, because we haven't seen Grant Delpit in a Browns uniform in games, it's, it's maybe a little easy to gloss over what that loss meant. But when you hear Joe Woods talk about what, he wanted to do with Grant Delpit. Um, I don't think they've really found like the adequate replacement there. But but beyond all that, I mean, you lined up against one of the most consistent franchises, not really in the AFC, but all of sports. I mean, to the point where, you know, John Harbaugh and Lamar Jackson and Greg Roman and Wink Martindale, I mean, these guys have been through it together so many times and they're so clear cut about who they are. And they've had so many games to forge that identity together that it's Cleveland playing a very familiar role. I mean, it's it, the deja vu element to seeing them roll out with a new coaching staff last year and have to do it again this year. And the fact that Baker Mayfield is on to his fourth coach, like these are things that other players in other environments, um, Baltimore, uh, Pittsburgh, they don't experience this, you know, sort of constant turmoil and change. Now I, I think the Browns are really committed with this front office um, to not having this change happen year after year. I, I, I genuinely think that they understand that can't be the way, um, with the, especially with Andrew Barry, who I think will emerge um, league-wide as one of the best general managers out there. I, I think they're getting the off-season part of things down. And I, I really liked everything I heard about Stefanski going in. But this is a league where like game day coaching um, is absolutely critical, and it's going to separate the average um, and the good from the great and Harbaugh and friends are excellent game day coaches. They are, they've been through everything together. They understand each other versus what, you know, Kevin Stefanski and a collection of new coaches were dealing with yesterday. I mean, you can go have a scrimmage um, with your own team, but the game day situation against an unknown, relatively unknown enemy in terms, I mean, they should know the Ravens as well as anyone, but I'm just talking about a different opponent is going to create so many variables that I'm sure Kevin Stefanski is thinking about 45 things that happened yesterday that we'll never even know about. So I, I just think that in this special strange year, um, a longer leash is needed. Uh, it, the great thing is there's a chance on Thursday night to uh, you know create some equilibrium. Week two does so much to wipe away the big takes from week one. And I, I get why Browns fans would be, would be irritated for me, like the fan in me, 
Um, I've gotten pretty schooled in like year 34 of, of following this team. Uh, and this wasn't the case five years ago. I think my heart was still a little bit open, but I learned to kind of shut it down emotionally. I mean, you know, we're, we're tracking the games and we're working during all this too, but that's, that doesn't change your fandom. I just, I've learned to um, be truly surprised if something special happens, kind of like the last games of the 2018 season, which felt to me like a Super Bowl run and they didn't even finish with a winning record. We're back to this, and my hope is that the team improves on a week-to-week basis with some of the names you mentioned. Um, and guys like Odell Beckham making the plays that we've been waiting for. Austin Hooper, I think, is a great addition, but he looked a lot better against our defense than he did against Baltimore's. <laughs> yes, yes, he did. And now, Mark, this is where, and, and this is probably when it, it's going to be for the city, it's going to be for the fans, it's going to be you know, for the guys in that locker room Thursday night, and it's weird that you say week two and and this quick of a turnaround, where this is a really big game, but it's going to be because if they can't find a win Thursday night, and look, it's going to be difficult. You know, Joe Burrow, you know, obviously showed, you know, he's probably going to be something in Cincinnati, but if they can't pull off a win Thursday night, there's a difficulty now where you basically got to wear this cone of shame for another 10 days. And, you know, and, Everybody can say, yes, it's the Washington football team, but they look spirited. Um, you know, they looked excited. And guys, we tried to tell you that defense looks pretty darn good in Washington. But Thursday night, but this early in the season, this is a really, really crucial spot because it's going to be really hard to get yourself amped up being 0-2 and not being able to do anything about it for 10 days. Well, I totally agree with you. And in a, you know, last night, I was feeling maybe more emotions than I was during the game day. And I wanted to tweet out that this is an absolutely immense game for Kevin Stefanski. It's an immense game for the entire team. Um, And it's not just the national television factor, but I think Browns fans get stuck in this position a little bit where, you know, maybe some are more positive minded than I am. But my thing is you can't go lose. You can't go have the narrative on Friday morning and throughout the weekend and into the next week. Like you say, this 10 day, Uh, nearly a fortnight holding period where the narrative is, you know, Baker Mayfield is 0-2 in Cleveland. He just lost to Joe Burrow. The people won't look really beyond any of that. Um, But I just watched the, I watched the Bengals Chargers tape today. Here's my takeaway. Joe Burrow, um, probably we won't really get to see what Joe, Joe Burrow can be as a rookie until they fix their offensive line. It's the worst performance by an offensive line in terms of pass protection that I've seen in some time. Um, And I I worry about his safety to some degree back there. I mean, he was devastated by now the chargers front is really strong, but can Cleveland capitalize on that? I don't know. Where was miles Garrett yesterday? I want to dig into the Browns game a little bit deeper to, to take a look at some of that, but talent wise there again, we keep looking at this Cleveland roster and say, well, they match up. There's no reason they should lose to Cincinnati and being at home doesn't mean a whole lot other than you don't have to take like a hideous bus trip, I guess. Uh, but I mean, there's just no excuse uh, not to match up with Cincinnati, make plays, take total advantage. I mean, if you can't, if you can't, then I, then I'd start to be concerned because I'm with you on, on Washington's defense. That's a nasty defense. And I, I, my problem is that Baker Mayfield yesterday and it's not a baker thing because i think it's just like asking any young quarterback to master your fourth playbook in like you know 700 days is a bit of an absurd call in the nfl 
but he didn't seem to completely trust what was happening around him, which is when I think about when I'm in a new job once in a while, it's because I don't really know what I'm doing yet, or I don't know who's around me or who to trust. And I saw a little bit of that with the whole offense. I don't think the run game, which I thought was such a good match for, you know, the line and for the, and for the backs just didn't, it just, it, it had a couple nice moments early and nothing seemed to stick. So I'd like to see a game where, you know, unlike last year, there's a game plan from wire to wire and they make some plays and put week one into the rearview mirror. And I think it's possible. And that was for me in watching it yesterday and, you know, in the four o'clock hour here on the East coast was the one takeaway. Um, if there's the opportunity to get this defensive line, right. And look, Cincinnati, whatever their issues were on the offensive line, you ain't fixing it in 72 hours. It's just not going to happen. No, You just don't have that time. And they're going to be in the same spot as the Browns where it's going to be, you know, 10 days. All right. What can we do? What are the most important, you know, leaks on the boat, so to speak, that we've got to patch. We're going to get to a little bit more here with Mr. Mark Schessler as we continue on through on your Tuesday locked on Browns this season. Get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. You can catch every snap from every game with full game replays and see all the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle, all in one place. And NFL Game Pass is the only place you can replay every game all season long. You'll also learn from the league's best players with over 40 NFL Game Pass film session episodes. Go inside the game from a player's perspective as they break down the game's concepts and techniques. Learn from the best like Deshaun Watson, Stephon Gilmore, Devontae Adams, and many more. NFL Game Pass also provides access to the entire NFL film archive. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops getting back to the Bengals, mark um and it was it was kind of a mixed bag and burrow obviously had you know the fluky interception and you know, they probably certainly could use a body or two more on defense and this offensive line but it wasn't you know the worst showing and i know everybody in cincinnati is saying heck with it go for the touchdown heck with the field goal and you know not many people expect the shank of those proportions in that situation, but look, and this is the key. And I talk with, you know, uh, my buddies who host the lock on buying bangles podcast on this network. And it's just the difference of thinking that maybe you've righted the ship and look, it's always the, the top of the tree, you know, the star on the Christmas tree, the angel on the Christmas tree is thinking you have your quarterback and I, I think for Cincinnati, and I think they've done a nice job ushering what's going to be in after A.J. Green, um, still going to have to find a way. And they were active this year in the offseason, which is in free agency, which is rare for the Bengals. Um, but, you know, the draft, you know, besides Burrow, maybe, you know, it was more of, you know, utilities, you know, you know, you need a rake, you need a shovel, that type of stuff. But getting Burrow and, and just from you know what he showed and – it is funny that you brought up, you know, where the offensive line is at. But, you know, keep in mind, Jonah Williams is a rookie just as much really as Joe Burrow is. But your overall takes here as the Cincinnati Bengals will travel into Cleveland on Thursday. I think it's interesting. Um, you know, they were active. You're right. Um, in free agency, which was so atypical for the Bengals. And, uh, you know, DJ Reader, who is a really good player, under the radar player, they lost him. Um, that, that diminishes the run game. Um, I, 
I think there is, you mentioned sort of just a new feel in Cincinnati and this idea that there's hope. And it's funny because like if someone said to you, hey, would you accept like a five-year streak where the Browns, they might not be the Kansas City Chiefs, but they make the playoffs five years in a row. I mean, it would seem like a dreamland, but it was such an underwhelming um, scenario in Cincinnati because I I just looked at Andy Dalton as uh, a good floor quarterback, like in a very low ceiling quarterback. I think most of us do. And, you know, Burrow, the sky is the limit. And with Burrow, to me, it's really just about getting comfortable. He looked, and it wasn't on him in that game. He just looked uncomfortable to me, um, yet made some really interesting plays in the middle of that. Um, he just, I, the pocket was crumbling around him on play after play. And I, I, I can't imagine what that would feel like. I have dreams occasionally, having not played football since like um, essentially getting wiped off the roster in freshman year for not growing above five foot eight. But um, you still have dreams occasionally about being in a huddle and someone's calling a play and you have no idea what's happening. <laughs> That's how he looked to me a little bit, just like everything was happening so quickly around him. I think that could even be helped and changed by Thursday, having been through one game. So I, I guarantee that you're going to get this one um, Burrow drive that has everyone freaking out. Um, and I think he's that kind of player, so it won't be the last. I just can see this is just the way the NFL seems to work is Thursday football is going to get that moment from Joe Burrow, and it's going to give the Bengals a lot of life. And what Browns team is this? How do they respond emotionally? And I, you know, I feel like I'm always answering these questions in sort of an esoteric manner. But for me, a lot of it is, um, you know, you mentioned Washington. Look at what happened to Washington yesterday. Their head coach was getting an IV um, to keep him upright in the second half while he was dealing with cancer. And he put Dwayne Haskins in charge of speaking to the locker room at halftime. And Dwayne Haskins was not having a good game, but he basically said, we do not look up to these Eagles. You know, we're not their little brothers. Let's go take care of business. They go score over the course of that game, 27 unanswered points and knock out an Eagles team by using their strength, their pass rush. And and I just watched that and I think, when will the Browns respond to an opponent like this? How long will it be? Because, you know, yeah, there were a couple nice wins last year, but that was tucked into a lot of chaos. And I thought that what happened this offseason was that the chaos element got reduced. This is a perfect example of a Browns team looking at a Bengals team with clear vulnerabilities based on the only tape that we have, which is 60 minutes against the the Chargers. How do you attack that? I want to see this coaching staff, for all their good communication, respond with a game plan that, from beginning to end, makes it very clear that this team is different than last year's. I, I just That's all I want to see. I'm not even saying go you know drop a bomb on them at home. None of that. Be a competitive team that um, improves over the course of a year. We really haven't had that outside of that 28 team in the last 10 years. For me, Mark, it also, like, I mean, in like, I hate to bring a movie into a scenario, but if you go to like, remember the Titans and I remember blue. Yeah. We all came together in camp and it was cool. When is the fact that everyone looks around and you say, you know what? We got a serious talent at quarterback. We got some serious players on this defensive line. We've got some really good wide receivers. We've got some good tight ends. We've got a quarterback. We've got great run. And there's talent everywhere. What's the ingredient 
Mark, what's the ingredient that you put into the blender that takes all of this talent and gets it to work 53 as one, as opposed to, you know, and, and I'm not saying it's everybody, but it seems to be some individuality. What, what do you got to do to get this 53 to become one? I think it's a great question. And it's, it's, I mean, if you offered a plan that they knew would work, I think they would put you on the payroll in two minutes. I think they're getting there. Um, I don't know if, it, like, for instance, I've always been totally pro Odell Beckham in Cleveland. Um, but when you build your roster off of free agents in general, they're coming from different environments. They're coming with their own baggage. Not that a rookie couldn't come with his own baggage too, but um, I'm always in favor of the homegrown player. And the Browns have a lot of those too. Um, something that seems missing to me, uh, and I don't want to judge this coaching staff because we don't know, but in the past was whenever you'd go face the Pittsburgh Steelers as a Cleveland Browns fan, Mike Tomlin threw thick and thin, and the, the Steelers had so much drama. The drama didn't take away from their win total for the most part. Like, they're still there at the end of the year. They deal with a lot of nonsense. The Ravens have too. Every team does. It seems to always spin Cleveland off its access. And last year, they seemed to complete, become completely unhinged. And then it's like, is it the season from a couple years ago where – they're 0 and 16, and the and the players are dancing around the locker room like they've achieved something. And then the team's like, "Let's get older. Let's bring in John Dorsey and get older with a bunch of veterans and add leadership." And then last year, a lot of those veterans were unhappy with the lack of progress. I mean, I just feel like it's you're shifting back and forth. So how about for once, just stay with it and understand that this year is really strange. And uh, you know, it's seven percent of the season, week one, and. There are plenty of teams that look good in September and then melt off the map and then vice versa. I mean, I if you have a coaching staff that can develop young talent, and I'd look to like the Ravens, I look to the Niners, I look to teams like that where you can just trust the coaching staff. Um, let's build that kind of trust in Cleveland. I think they have the people. I mean, but I've said that optimistically about, you know, 22 coaching staffs in a row. So I'm not trying to be negative at all. It's just that um, you're asking a good question. What's the missing ingredient? I, I feel like I've been asking that question since essentially 1999 with no clear answer. It feels like you might as well go find the Ark of the Covenant while you're at it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like the teacher putting the longest algebra equa you know, equation on the board and right. nobody <laughs> solving it ever um we're gonna get to a little bit here with mark we'll talk a little bit about week one in general and you know look it was just a good day yesterday i understand you browns fans are upset but would you rather be aggravated arguing about brands browns football or would you rather be aggravated because you know yeah had to do the honeydew list the entire sunday <laughs> not just before noon get to a little bit more here with mark chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear, similar to what the airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or an account login. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your day, your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now. All the parts available for your car or truck, right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know that we sent you amazing selection, 
reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Guys and gals, I've been telling you, started August 1st. Check out OhioVersusEveryone.com. The site covers all Ohio sports and pop culture. They have in-depth, interesting articles about the Cleveland Cavaliers, your Browns, and your Indians, Cincinnati Reds and Bengals, and, of course, the Ohio State Buckeyes. Thomas Valentine wrote a good piece today on the Browns and trying to take away the good, and there was some good, and some of those, those players deserve their credit. So check out Thomas Valentine's article on OhioVersusEveryone.com from yesterday. It's all your favorite teams, all in one site. And because they cover all the teams, they only bring you the best, most interesting topics. Check them out again. It's OhioVersusEveryone.com. Again, OhioVSEveryone.com. Now, Mark, the week it's – I'm going to just go here. The stadium in L.A. I mean, mm-hmm. I know we're going to get to see Vegas here in a couple of days, but that stadium in L.A., whew, that was sharp. Yeah, I have. Um, we have a friend at NFL Network, Steve Weiss, who's been a reporter for so many teams for so long, and he's one of those uh, veterans that um, has st- he could sit around and tell you stories for five years about stuff you've never heard of behind the scenes. And every time he drops one of these, I'm kind of aghast. But um, he had a chance to tour uh, the stadium a couple weeks ago. And, you know, so we've seen the images, but he said just sort of being in there, I think it's just a, it was a almost cosmic experience. It's, it's one of those um, buildings. And then you're like, oh, I get now why um, the Chargers, even though they're not in a great situation, move north with hopes of, you know, finding a new fan base and making this work. Um, I think the Chargers are a little lucky that one of the bigger stories in general won't be the fact that they struggle to fill that stadium and they could maybe use another year if they succeed here to get a better anchor on their fan base. But um, I think it's sort of seen more as the Rams place. The what? So, you know, it's, there's that. Um, I, I, I think the Rams, to me, uh, here's just a quick note that I thought they played a really crisp game last night. So did the Cowboys. And that's kind of what I'm going back to is like there are some of these teams that um, had the same rough offseason and they they looked great. So I think that's what you're hoping for. But, yeah, that stadium is is something else. And next year will be the Super Bowl there. You know, and just even looking at the Rams, though, because a lot of what they do is so indicative on timing. You know, it's the motion it's the play action, you know, hitting the receiver, and that's the whole goal of it. And, you know, that stuff takes time, and other teams have been able to put this in place. So that's one of the things that stood about stood out uh, to me about the Rams because it wasn't a lot of deep ball. It was, you know, timing, accuracy, quickness, crispness, and, and that type of thing. Um, then there's obviously, you know, your heartbreakers, you know, rookie DeAndre Swift, you know, catching what would have been a touchdown pass. Um the Jets, and for all my friends here, guys, I oh. tried to tell you, it, it just, it's just not there. And, um, and Buffalo, and even, you know, Josh Allen, you know, tr- trying to climb up the ladder and, you know, shake everybody off now where, you know, he's starting to look better as one of these guys, you know, within that quarterback group from the 2018 draft. But any other thoughts you have from uh, yesterday around the league, Mark? I thought there were so many interesting games, and I guess it's just because we didn't have preseason that it had this incredibly fresh new feeling. Um, it was just surreal and cool to watch Cam Newton um, being trusted as a, as a runner in New England. Uh, I'd point to a game that, I, from a Browns perspective, intrigued me because I'm very into um, Matt Rule, the Panthers coach, and mm-hmm. he 
So here's the thing. Everyone's going to talk about the fact that they handed the ball to the fullback at the end and they, they lost to the Raiders 34-30. And we can, we can grasp onto that. They're also a team that put up 30 points with a new quarterback, um, a completely new offense, um, an offense that's uh, a sort of New Orleans Saints-like, where I think they want Christian McCaffrey to play his role and who he is, but with a little touch of um, Alvin Kamara in it. And I, I'm just looking right now at their at their box score, and there's something that stands out to me is that McCaffrey played the kind of game that you'd expect. His production didn't suddenly change or uh, it wasn't nullified. Um, they signed Robbie Anderson to join their wide receiver crew in the offseason. That's a player that Matt Rule knows personally, and Robbie Anderson has been perceived as a bit of a knucklehead. Um, but that trust that Rule has in him, and Rule's really good with these players, 115 yards off six catches with a long 75-yard bomb. I, I, DJ Moore played pretty well. Uh, the defense is completely new, and I'm not surprised they gave up 34 points. Like nine of their players were... Uh, like on a meal plan at a college last year. So that's understandable. <laughs> but that to me strikes me as a team that um, everyone that ticketed the Panthers is, you know, I remember, you know, and I, I think Peter King was correct to write this saying no team is in a tougher spot than um, the Panthers with a completely new coaching staff. Very few of them with any NFL experience, really only Matt rule, uh, a new quarterback and a lot of um, question marks around on both sides of the ball. They were really competitive. They were really fun to watch. Um, they had the game. They came very close to winning, and we came very close to talking about Matt Rule completely differently today. I, this is an owner that signed Matt Rule to like a super long-term John Gruden-type contract because he was won over by him. So I just I kind of um, am over the sentiment that even though I keep saying this, trying to think positively about teams that aren't getting out of the gate quickly that it takes four years for a coaching staff to figure out what they want to be. I don't think it takes that long in the NFL, and I don't think anyone's allowed that much time. So progress better come sooner than later for teams that drift from 0-1 to 0-2 and, and beyond with new staffs. Uh, it's actually funny that you brought up Matt Rule. I was, at, uh, I was at Temple's Pro Day years ago, Robbie Anderson, Tavon Young, and Matt Rule at the time, and, and Temple, because it's in an inner city, you know, their facilities are, are just not what other Division One programs are. So it was, you know, like a practice bubble type of thing, 60-yard field. And he was, I mean, like the host of hosts. Came up to everyone was there. Came up to me. I'm an Owen. Who are you here to see? I'm here to see Robbie Anderson, coach. He's like, ah, great, great player. And about 35 minutes later, we turn around, and the Tennessee Titans are working Robbie Anderson out at cornerback. <laughs> behind everybody's shoulder and he looks right at me and I said coach what's going on he's like hey and he just kind of shook his head and you know with a little bit of disgust but no Matt Rule and, and just knowing him that day and it was just it was it was in you know and then obviously went on to Baylor to resurrect that program just that type of guy um and I, I guess we'll close with this Matt not only was it just strange yesterday yesterday seeing Tom Brady in Tampa and look, you know, Mike Evans obviously wasn't 100%. You know, the Saints are just, you know, kind of a well-oiled machine right now. Do you think this is going to work out for Tampa? I mean, is there a possibility Tampa is even going to see the playoffs? I, I just, I mean, I understand. And, uh, you know, I want to do it for me from the Tom Brady aspect. And Bill Belichick, look, I've always been here doing these things. I, I, I don't know if I saw enough from Tampa yesterday to say, you know what, I, I don't know if this is anything's going to change other than a team that, you know, can fluctuate between seven and nine and nine and seven. 
Yeah, they weren't a disaster. I mean, there was that was a team that needed more time. And, uh, you know, I think I appreciate Bruce Arians honestly saying, and I think Tom Brady would too, um, look, this was on – this was on Tom Brady, these two picks that were thrown. He didn't, you know, they just, why mince words? I think that's why Arians and Brady can work. And I think that um, you're not going to find a player that's more driven with a, with a more burning internal fire than Tom Brady. He doesn't like what happened um, here. The last time we saw him publicly, he was losing to Peyton Manning in a, in a golf tournament. So, you know, it's <laughs> like, look, this is not the kind of stuff Tom Brady wants to be remembered by. I think legacy matters to him. And there is a lot of talent on the bucks. It's not, um, it wasn't like, Hey, they just signed Tom Brady and Gronk and the rest of the team was a hot mess. Will it take a little bit of time to get it together? Yeah. And I also think that like Cleveland with Baltimore or like anyone drawing one of these sort of like stalwart coach quarterback veteran rosters that had just been around together forever. It was a really tough week one draw. I think they would have gone out and beaten half the league. Um, and I think they will succeed and, I think they'll be eight and eight or better. And I don't mean to say that I think they'll be eight and eight. I'd be surprised if they had a losing record. Um, I, a playoff team, the NFC is really top heavy. And if if some of these guys, you know, some of these like teams stick around and play the way you'd expect, I think Tampa Bay's in the mix. But anyone sort of this this whole thing where people started to uh, bubble up and just ticket them for the Super Bowl and the NFC title game, it, it it's another club that has to go through a culture change. And I, that doesn't always happen in one year. I mean, it, it's probably harder to pull that off right now than it was in like the very beginning of free agency where only one or two teams knew how to really use free agency or were willing to be super aggressive. Um, I, I, Tampa Bay, if you remove Jameis Winston's you know, turnovers in general, uh, you'd be fine. But Tom Brady created two of them yesterday. So I think it starts with Tom Brady being the version of Tom Brady that we all know and some of us love. Uh, you know, it, It's always the question at age because think of your – Peyton Manning's think of your Brett Favre's when when they when the career comes to a crash it happens really really fast um, I think Brady's put in protections to keep him around longer than those guys but um, you know no there's a reason that everyone stops playing quarterback at some point when will that be and we may have seen that yesterday in Indianapolis which is a certain possibility um Always a pleasure, guys, having Mark on here. You know, his you know lifelong fandom of this franchise. Obviously, the ridiculously good insight of you know the league on a whole. So make sure you're checking out everything you know Mark does with the guys over at the uh, around the NFL podcast. Um, just a great resource. And when these guys get together, you just get a, a a ton ton of information in two hours. Usually flies by in about twenty minutes or so, just because you know it is just that great and is just that much. You know, can you know that much, you know, must listen type of, you know, information from the crew over there. The show itself, guys, uh, Locked On Browns. I appreciate all the support here. Obviously, you know, today was a good day for the show. I mean, I understand you fans aren't thrilled. I'm not thrilled. Um, You know, talking about losses stink. I ain't going to lie to you. Um, You know, 2018 was fun. Um, You know, I'm sure you guys all have your reservations about where 2020 is, he- 2020 is headed, and hopefully it's not a 2019 redo. But either way, we're going to get to know a little bit more about this franchise in less than 72 hours. So, again, make sure you're checking out Mark and everything over the Around the NFL podcast. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. The show itself, at Lockdown Browns. DMs are open. Follow back account over there. Anything you guys want, questions you have. Obviously, I got a lot of you last evening. 
um, trying to talk you all off some ledges. Um, some of you actually talked me off a ledge, and I appreciate you all for that. But this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.